Good morning, all you great, grand, wonderful, fantastic individuals. It is November 1st. We are heavily trudging forward into fall, or at least what it looks like. Um, I am your host, D.Mitri. This is an episode of Creatively Disrespectful. This is one of those uh, organic episodes, and I have a lot to say. So let's start the show. In 2003, 2004, I was stationed in RAF, aka Royal Air Force Base, Crowton, in England. And uh, I was a tech kid, or what a tech kid looked like back then. And I was in my 20s. Um, uh, it was I guess cool to be overseas in England in my 20s when I think about those certain aspects of my life now I feel like at the time I um took my placement for granted by being bogged down with sorrow that wasn't mine and we used to work these crazy shifts, like four on, four off, like four days on, four days off, like stuff that didn't make sense, or four on, three off, or five on, and two off, or like it just times didn't make sense. But they were always twelve-hour shifts, and if you work like those night shifts, you came in for like six p.m., like six p.m. to six a.m. or eight p.m. to eight a.m. stuff like that, and um. When you work those overnight shifts, when they got later into night, depending on who your supervisor was, we would bring in like TV shows, movies, stuff that we could um, watch for hours on end. Because uh, my job uh, for the computer engineering that I did there, you set everything up, you get everything going, you get the network set, and then you just watch flashing lights all night. And so there was just hours on end with nothing to do. I would bring books. I read books every now and then, uh, stuff like that, whatever. But, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> somebody brought in uh, season one of the show called Dead Like Me. And Dead Like Me follows the life of Georgia Lass who is 18 at the time that her life is snuffed out by a falling toilet seat that came from a freaking space station that explodes in the air, right? And the whole premise of the show is like, in the beginning, she's working this dead-end temp job that she doesn't like. She's not getting along with her mother. Her parents are going through a divorce. Her little sister is getting on her nerves. And she just essentially hates everything. Me, right now, present day. Like, just a lot of stuff fills out a place. And so, um, she gets hit by this, this toilet seat. It kills her. And she becomes a grim reaper. 
and she meets these other Grim Reapers. It's like four other people, and everybody has various personalities. And as the show goes on, you find out people's bits and pieces of people's backstories and what their lives were before and what they do now and who they are and and all of those things. But the whole premise of the show is you got this band of Grim Reapers, and they're always um, given initials a time and a location that they have to show up and pop someone's soul out of their bodies before they actually die (coughs) so that they can take them on to whatever their next level of ascension is and i gravitated to that shit so hard because i realized that just her dry humor and just how she saw life the main character was literally me and (laughs) um they only had two seasons of the show and I've seen every episode I don't know how many times and I told myself I was going to go back and continue to re-watch um the episodes because the whole it's definitely a dark comedy and the whole premise really at the end the whole moral of the story is that like you know life is what you make it and if everything were gone tomorrow like if it was all done in a split second who would you be how would you do stuff what would you have done if you knew that it was coming like just all of that all of those things that are like struggles within morality mortality and what all of that looks like so I said all of that to say this I have often and always really been the person that has struggled with my entire existence. And I mean that in every sense of the word. Um, I have bouts of deja vu all the time. And for what I've always been taught from multiple philosophers and psychology books and this, that, and the other, is that deja vu is like a reminder that you've been here before and I have that quite often um it also has been said that it is a uh, form of schizophrenia so there's that um some sort of psychosis or it's supposed to be like the miscommunication like a a synapsis that happens in your brain um that like cause this break between uh memory recollection and familiarity right and um 
um, it's happened uh, every now and again, like, and um, however, also with that being said, um, I've just often felt like I've been in places before or some instances feel not as new as they should um and if I'm being honest with myself and being honest with all of you uh I don't know what healing from my father's passing really looks like I think for the last year and some change I have been making do but not doing what needs to be done and I think maybe it's because I'm putting too much pressure on myself I'm expecting to move forward overnight from something that has jarred the entire core of my being And with that kind of break from my own preconceived reality, I am left with all of these pieces of my life where I feel like I've always put everybody else in front of me. And it is driving me mad. I've always lived in places and there's been nobody there but me and I've never known anybody like I've moved around by myself since I was 11 and have just got to places where I don't necessarily fit and try to find my way um and it never works because I try to conform to a certain type of archetype that makes sense to what should fit it's like a puzzle in front of you and all the puzzle pieces are not um ones that necessarily and I apologize for that in the background but I can't stop it because it's ringing over there and I'm not gonna go get it it's like puzzle pieces that there's all these spaces and open holes for these puzzles but not one piece in your hand makes sense and then you start to try to formulate these pieces to force them to fit into these spots just for the puzzle to not come together and you can sit here and reshape these pieces and do what you got to do and curve this and cut this off and snip this and tuck this and do this so that it can be able to fit into that piece but eventually it's just gonna pop back out because it wasn't meant to be that in the first place and that's how I often feel in so many environments consistently um around the around the gamut like it's not just personal it's not just professional it's a mix of everything I often feel like I don't fit in a lot of these spaces and then what also happens too is I end up in my professional life I end up in spaces where like I'm the first of 
many that have probably been overlooked and not respected and not even thought about to take positions. Um, I remember um, <laughs> I remember when I had first um, quote unquote interviewed for what ended up being one of the most important traveling chef jobs that I took when I was in Washington and I remember they asked me all these questions they gave me this culinary word problem like where it was like you have these kind of clients and this is this 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 and this is um like what their dietary restrictions are this is la 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 and they wanted me to write a menu that would correlate to all of those different um different palates different restrictions allergies blah 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 blah. and I did and that was before I even understood all of that like I do now uh I did um and it came out amazing (laughs) with me not even having all the knowledge that I do now about those things and that still wasn't enough they still had to think about it and then I remember they got back to me like a week or so later and they said that they had interviewed all these other people which I'm sure were like white men and said they looked at each other and was like why aren't we hiring her like her personality is perfect like the stuff that she said she's gonna cook is gonna be great blah 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 blah. and so then they hired me and I was so excited about the opportunity I was so excited just to get out there and have to deal with the stressors of being the first woman the first woman of color the first black woman and I have landed in all of these spaces all white or not I have landed in all of these spaces where I am consistently the one that bears the brunt of the universe to exact change and it takes away from you piece by piece by piece by piece by bit by bit by bit and losing my father which has been like losing a huge portion of myself because we are so similar forced so many other ripples of my life in my face and it's been Um, exhausting. Um, depleting. Um, it's made me feel like I have no idea who I am. It could be a mix of like a midlife crisis too. I don't know. But I feel like I've been doing this whole thing wrong. I feel like I've cared too much 
for people who don't give a fuck about me. My dad passed and a lot of people left me to figure out shit on my own. I've said this to y'all before, but like, I really mean that though. Like people in town that I'm quote unquote acquaintances with, I didn't hear nothing from. Folks don't come by and check on me. Um, People don't make sure I'm good. They will call me to offload their shit or let me kind of offload a little bit of mine so that they can offload things onto me that are heavier so that anything that I've said has just been eradicated because I'm giving and making myself available to other people's pain. Story of my life. Um, I feel like I have tried to put so much effort into proving myself proving that I'm worthy of people booking me proving that I'm worthy of people reading my book and like I wrote the cookbook because people kept asking me to write a cookbook and then I wrote it and you know how many people bought it like I think I sold maybe roughly 20 should I have sold way more? Absolutely. This was five years ago and people tell me all the time, I didn't know you wrote a cookbook. It was five years ago. I wrote it. You just didn't pay attention. It wasn't important enough for you to pay attention to. But if it hadn't been a book by a stranger, you would have bought it. You would have read it by now. You would have raved about it. And I have to be cool with that. Um... I feel like I have spent so much time hating myself because people who do not know how to care for themselves damn sure don't know how to care for me and that they have projected their own personal internalized self-hatred onto me and the freedom and the light that I try to cultivate and I'm really sick of some of y'all trying to take it from me at this point. I'm tired. I call myself essentially a optimistic pessimist. At the core of my being, everything is not um, sunshine and butterflies and rainbows, but I attempt to be happier. This is the first time in my entire life that I have attempted to work on being happy. And unfortunately, it also has come at the expense of a great loss. And I've been working so hard to try to go in the opposite direction so that I don't go in the normal direction and implode on myself when I feel alone every day. And the world feels like it is suffocating me on a daily basis because there's nobody here but me and my dog. Everybody else that I talk to is on the phone. I don't have direct contact with anybody. I don't have friend. I don't have adult friendships in my um like exact location. I'm uh, really not a fan of where I live. I thought that moving from one apartment complex to a different apartment complex would change the energy and it did some, but it still doesn't change the fact that my father and my grandmother died while I've been here. 
and I don't know how to explain that to someone so then I just don't explain it to anybody I've been learning to keep a lot of things to myself because it's been the easier way because when I try to be open and honest about how I truly deeply at the core of me feel about things because it is like not a fabricated or not silicon what's the word I want to use I can't think of the word I want to use right now but because it's not this put on emotion and it's deep and it's painful and it's raw and it's ugly and it's thick like tar and it's dark and it's menacing and it's piercing because it's all of those things and it's gritty nobody wants to hear it talk to us when you're happy and I'm pretty sure that y'all heard me say this a lot of times too that people only want to associate with me when it's happy-go-lucky smiles and dancing Dimitri and not when it's the real me I'm not happy all the time. A lot of times, I'm incredibly dark and depressing. But that's me. And I don't run from that portion of myself. I don't shy away from that portion of myself. And I have continued to let all of this shit around me beat me down to the point that now I am back at square one and what is at square one me me so Allow me to introduce myself. But feel free to close the door behind you. <laughs>